Hey everyone, it's Nikki Bostwick, Editor-in-Chief of The Fullest and your host for Morning Matcha Podcast. Before we get started with this week's episode, I wanted to share with you our new obsession at The Fullest, which is L. McPherson's Super Elixir. We've spiked our matcha with some of the green powder this week, and we love that they also come in travel size sachets. So be sure to check them out for yourself at wellco.com or on Instagram at Super Elixir. Thanks so much. Hi, everyone. Welcome to season two, episode three of Morning Matcha. I'm here today with naturopathic doctor and acupuncturist, Dr. Patty Kim. Hi. Hi. Yeah, I'm super excited to be drinking matcha with you and finally um, having met you in person. This is really fun. It is fun. So tell me how you got into natural medicine. So I was always on the track towards becoming a doctor. I knew that I wanted to be a doctor since the fourth grade. Mr. Killian got oh me into gosh. science. He, I was his teacher's pet, loved him. Um, and I just knew that that's what I wanted to do. And in college, I was actually an art major and pre-med. So I come from a family of artists. Both my parents are wow. artists. My mom's a ceramic artist and my dad um, did architecture. Um, so Super up creative, until, yeah. but also, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really, yeah. Um, and so I was on the track and like a good little student, I was talking to a lot of doctors while I was preparing and, you know, not a single medical doctor encouraged me. Everyone kept asking me, is this what you really want to do? Make yeah. sure that this is what you want to do. And for whatever reason, karma, past lives, just innate desire. I've always known that I needed to be in a field that was of service and doing something in that mm -hmm. realm. And, you know, I really thought it was going to be medicine. And just the more that I researched the career and the closer I got, and I was getting ready to take my MCATs and I'd paid all this money to prepare and just, it just did not feel right. And, you know, it's different now. I'm a lot older than you, like kids and millennials and women in their thirties now are so much more in touch with their intuition. Yeah. That language mm -hmm. is more awakened and I and wasn't. it's kind of more allowed in a way. In yeah. Society. It's yeah. like we have permission to yeah. really listen to that part of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like that when I was, you know, 19, 20, 21. Um, but there was just something in me that was like, this is not the way that you're going to be happy. And because I was an art student, a friend of mine, actually one day she was just out of the blue said, have you ever considered alternative medicine? And it had really, I mean, being an Asian American, mm -hmm. I had experienced a little bit of acupuncture, but I just always thought like, so those crazy herbs my mom cooks in the crock pot, <laughs> like those bitter things she makes me drink. And I did sprain my ankle at Disneyland one time and she took me in, you know, I got acupuncture and I was able to like walk out of the doctor's office, wow. but it wasn't anything that I'd ever considered. Yeah. But when she said that, something really kind of hit home. And then I just started um, researching and looking into it. And I was like, what? Getting to the cause of why we're sick? Like, mm -hmm. this is why I wanted to become a doctor. Like, I didn't even know this thing existed. So that just kind of got me going. And then... And that was while you were in med school? Or? I was in undergrad mm -hmm. about to... Um, I just finished MCATs, was about to wow. start applying and all of that. So and it was perfect timing. Yeah, it was perfect timing. Wow, that's so awesome. <laughs> and where did you go? I went to naturopathic medical school in Oregon, in Portland, mm -hmm. um, National University of Natural Medicine, and also got my uh, master's in oriental medicine. 
I wasn't planning on it. I really was just going to pursue naturopathic medicine and they have a dual degree program where you could do that as mm. well. And I think being Asian American and being first generation, there is a little part of me that's like rebellious about that. Like yeah. don't put me in this like Asian medicine category. Yeah. Um, so I was a little bit resistant, but it's so profound and deep. And probably if you want to really, you know, analyze it, I'm sure cellular memory wise, like it goes back into totally. um, past generations and things. So I couldn't help but be pulled into it. And it complements naturopathic medicine so well. So, mm -hmm. and I love being able to do acupuncture. And so. Do you formulate herbs and I do, I do not as much anymore, um, but I do when it's called for. So it's very individual. If a yeah. patient comes in, sometimes it, I just know that Western herbs aren't gonna cut it. Like mm -hmm. if you really need blood tonifying herbs, you know, there's some great Western herbs, but I just know it's got to be a Chinese formula. Mm -hmm. So it's very individual. There's so many different healing modalities mm -hmm. available and sometimes it can get super overwhelming. And yeah. I'm just curious. I know it is very individual, but what are the ones that you've noticed have had the most success? It is individual and it's interesting because it you know, the vibration of the person has to match the vibration of the medicine. So mm -hmm. I do find that some people who um, have a strong meditation practice and are really in touch with their intuition, they do well with vibrational medicine, whether that be Reiki or flower essences. Some people who have a lot of, uh, even if they are very much um, strong meditators, if they're really the kind of body that gets very stuck. And in naturopathic medicine and homeopathic language, we talk about um, the body being kind of sticky in terms of your toxins and not being able to get out. Those kind of patients need more pushing. So you need almost like more physical medicine. I'm more this way. Like yeah. I don't do very well with um, just airy. kind of airy medicine. Yeah. Like I really need something stronger to push through the gunk and yeah. then I can get in. So, but for the average person and in terms of what's available to the public, I think nutraceuticals, number one, so that's the opposite of pharmaceuticals. So what people would sometimes consider supplements, but really formulations that might combine herbs, botanicals, and supplements or vitamins. Um, so it's a little bit more um, almost like natural drugs because yeah. it works on a biochemical, physiological level. Um, and then definitely herbs. I mean, because herbs you can take as something gentle as a tea. Mm -hmm. You can go as strong as a tincture. Um, some herbs are toxic. They're, you know, cause they're so powerful. Yeah. Um, so, and there's so many herbs available. I know. You know it's a lot. And in so many different forms. So it's definitely works well for a lot of people. And then if you know what you're doing, I would say, um, you know, homeopathy. And that is a little bit more challenging because that vibration has to really match. Um, but you know, very simple things like Arnica or Nux Vomica, things like that. Um, I always think parents and families should have a little bit of a kit at mm -hmm. home. So, but I think it would be, oh, so it'd be really nice if you kind of explained the mm -hmm. difference between the three, even though you oh, already sure. did. Cause yeah, I yeah. think sometimes it seems like they blend in right. together. It's like right. the difference between herbs yeah. and nutrients. Like I would think that supplements are herbs. Right. And, right. You know, yeah, and then yeah. homeopathy, like what? Yeah. So nutraceuticals or supplements. So supplements are more um, of the vitamins and, you know, things like amino acids. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I give a lot of uh, GABA, for instance, for yeah. people who have anxiety. Mm -hmm. 
helps really quiet the mind. Um, but that's not really a mineral. It's not an herb. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a neurotransmitter that helps um, work with brain activity. Okay, so yeah. that kind of falls into one category. You know, things like people know, just vitamin B, vitamin D. Um, where does it come from? Like, where does GABA come from? Well, different uh, different vitamins come f- are synthesized in different ways. So okay. obviously there's food sources. So depends on the company. And this is actually it touches on an important topic because people... Unlike Europe, it's not as regulated here yeah. in the States. So I never, for example, will tell a person, okay, I want you to tar- start taking a B-complex and just send them out into the world. Yeah. <laughs> I am very specific about, I want you to get this brand and take this dosage um, because they're not all created equal and they're not regulated. So, mm-hmm. you know, going back to what you asked, if how something is manufactured, how something is synthesized, is it a food base? Is it a complete synthetic molecule that was created in a lab. You know, part of why this kind of goes off on a tangent, but, you know, sometimes skeptics or the conventional medical model will say, well, there's no, you know, um, double-blind evidence-based studies on X, Y, and Z, but you can't patent things that are from nature. So no one's going to fund a study to see if this thing works because who's going to make a profit off of it? People are willing to pay for pharmaceutical studies because if it goes their way and it works out, then now they can make billions of dollars. Oh my gosh. I never knew that. Especially something like homeopathy. First of all, a little two from Whole Foods is like $8.00. You know, yeah, and they're like the little pellets, yeah, right? Yeah, and I'll sorry, I'm totally getting like off sugar. on it. But they're like sugar. I mean, I'm just like so good. I take it, and I'm mm-hmm. like, I have no idea what so where this is coming. Homeopathy from. Um, is a whole other realm, and, and is it more on vibration? Yeah, or? it's totally vibration. So if you, it's a complete mind f mm-hmm. if you think about it, because literally, if people think about high school chemistry. You take a substance that, so originally back in Europe when it was first designed, um, how it started was, oh, I um, have this right-sided headache. But when I take this mineral or this herb, I notice when I'm feeling healthy, this herb actually causes a right-sided headache. Mm-hmm. So Hahnemann, this, um, the father of homeopathy, experimented and took the herb that causes right-sided headache when he had it and realized, oh... It actually helped cure it. Um, so it's this concept of like cures like. But what's the mind F is that you take the substance, you dilute it beyond Avogadro's number. That's the back, <laughs> uh, back to science kind of word. So you dilute it so much that there is now literally no physical substance left. But this is where it gets into like quantum physics and where it's totally yeah. crazy. So now there's nothing, right? And it's really just vibration. You dilute it even more, it gets stronger. So the more it's diluted, the stronger it is. No Which way. makes no sense. It's kind of almost like how you think about like black holes. And so yeah. when you study homeopathy, it really actually is quantum physics. I don't go beyond into that realm, but yeah. I, this is like completely energetic medicine. But the crazy thing is it's $8 and it works, you know, but that's also why it doesn't work if it's not the right remedy, but no, there's no side effects. So belladonna, for instance, is an herb that's, or a homeopathic that's used for really hot red symptoms. Mm -hmm. So for like little kids who have like a really high fever, it's like a common remedy that's given. But if you took it because, 
because you had a fever and you're like, oh, I thought I remembered something about belladonna, but it wasn't the right remedy. It, it wouldn't, wouldn't not, do anything because yeah. the vibration is just doing this. It's like oh. not matching at all. So homeopathy in its truest sense, if you study it, is crazy. Mm-hmm. And it's why I remember years ago, like 2020 or something did a study and they looked at a liquid formulation of a homeopathic and they were like, there's nothing in here. This is a total hoax. Yeah, because it's completely vibrational. There's no physical substance. And they don't explain that. Right. When they're, yeah. Because who understands that? Because it's so beyond what we can normally think of in our gross physical world. Um, And it gets even crazier because some of the things that homeopathics are made out of are things that are poisonous or... Like I remember my friend studying in India because um, there's a whole other branch of homeopathy in India. Wow. And, um, you know, there were remedies that were made out of like gonorrheal discharge. Oh, my gosh. You're but kidding no. me. No, but it's not like you're actually taking yeah, this. Yeah. It's like completely yes, diluted and not yes. there. Yes, it's the energy of that. But what would that, that help? So whatever symptoms, I forget what the remedy was. It was some super obscure symptom. I mean, super obscure remedy, but whatever symptoms that that matched, you know, so let's say that's what you had. Yeah. So that's what you need. Then you would take it. Or there's a whole other category of homeopathy that has to do with constitutional Mm -hmm. remedies where a doctor, a homeopath would sit down with you, talk to you for hours on end and would come up with one remedy that is your constitutional remedy. And the theory behind it is that if you get your constitutional remedy, you could take that remedy for anything that you're out of balance for. Um, So people who are purists and only do constitutional remedies, that's how they practice. There's different styles. Um, In Europe, they do a lot of combination formulas and the people who do uh, constitutional remedies just feel like that's like, blasphemous this is not pure homeopathy yeah but i've heard homeopaths say that that type of constitutional remedy worked in the past but in the modern world some believe that not only from physical toxins but also emotional baggage and toxins there's so many layers covering us that that constitution constitutional remedy can't get in yeah so um it's it's a different world we live in yeah it's like combining plaque black pepper with turmeric you like need to take it in order for the turmeric to work yeah um actually you touched on emotional stuff so i wanted Mm -hmm. to talk a little bit about that because i'm uh, a pisces i could talk about emotions oh my gosh amazing well (laughs) in terms of like food and having Mm -hmm. an emotional reaction with Mm -hmm. the food like if something traumatic happened to you while you were eating we were just actually talking about Uh this like i've heard how like, let's say you're driving and eating or something, which is not the best for right. digestion. Yeah. But people do that. Uh-huh. And like you almost get in an accident uh-huh. or something that that food that you were eating, maybe you associate like a traumatic experience mm-hmm. with. And then you can kind of have a reaction to it and sure. maybe not feel well. Or have you noticed that? Or is there any science behind that? Well, I think that that falls into the realm of, you know, even the bigger category of like PTSD or Mm -hmm. post-traumatic stress disorder. You know, um, people often think of it in terms of war and the military and trauma, but um, trauma to the body can be anything. And it's really about our perception. So I do find, I mean, I talk to patients about emotions all the time because it's such an integral part of our physical bodies and our health. But I don't know in terms of the science, but I believe that, you know, you could have been eating something and something happened and that 
energy or that trauma or that memory get, can get lodged in your body. I do believe in cellular memory and that we mm -hmm. hold energy in our bodies and that that can even be passed down. And I have to do the research and I apologize, but I almost want to say there is new research about um, how it changes our DNA and that that can then be passed on. Yeah. You know? I really believe that just um, intergenerational suffering yeah, and yeah. like and not it, working on it gets, gets passed completely yeah. and that it's not just energy, but that there is now physical manifestation that we can see. Um, and I see that more and more. A lot of times things that have been um, held true in naturopathic medicine for centuries that were considered completely kooky or crazy in allopathic medicine. Mm -hmm. I am seeing like science actually catching up. And yeah. I always think about the story when I was in med school, there was some story my teacher told about how when radio waves were first um, invented and people didn't believe in them because you couldn't see it. Mm -hmm. And that we haven't really changed. Like yeah. we just didn't have ways of measuring things. And same now, I think that we lack the ability to have the right measurement, mm -hmm. but we believe in science so much that if it's not measuring it now, it must not be, be true. Yeah. So I believe that, yeah, if you were, I mean, just to get a little bit silly, how many people have had friends um, who drank too much of something in college and got sick and then they could never drink that thing again. Yeah. Everybody has that story, that's what it is. you know, that's yeah. physical trauma too. Sense. So I think it's kind of the same thing, but I think, um, letting go of that is mm -hmm. actually what the real journey mm -hmm. is about. How do you let go though? Like when of a, how do you unblock a cellular oh, memory? Girl, you're asking There's, the, yeah, no. the million dollar question. <laughs> Everything you have to try it all. Do you ever have patients that you've mm -hmm. tried everything with, but nothing seems to help maybe because they're resistant or, um, yeah. 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 Um, I don't think I've ever had a patient where nothing shifted. Mm -hmm. Um, if they were coming in for something specific, I've definitely had patients where that thing didn't get resolved or didn't, that piece didn't move as much as we wanted. Um, and sometimes because of emotional resistance, although I've had patients come in who, you know, don't believe in natural medicine, don't believe in acupuncture and their, How knee, they find their you? knee pain, <laughs> a lot of times husbands, wives, yeah. boyfriends, friends force them. And mm -hmm. I actually have a rule and I got this from another doctor. No one can come to see me unless they schedule their own appointment. Yeah. Um, so that helps a little bit, although sometimes they get forced anyway, but, um, yeah, I've definitely had patients either due to resistance or just um, our inability to work together through. I really believe in the doctor-patient um, alchemy mm -hmm. and that there's a healing process in there. Yeah. Um, and that 10 different doctors can do the exact same thing and you'll have 10 um, different results. So that alchemy is important. So sometimes the alchemy just isn't right. We may like each other even, but it's just, I'm just not getting it yeah. or they're not getting it. You know, um, I always joke, like it's, it's no different from finding the right hairdresser. Yeah. Like, you got to find the right one for you. It's you know? so true. So between patients resistance, between the alchemy not being there, um, of course, me, maybe us not being aggressive enough or, you know, for whatever reason, um, there's definitely been patients who haven't uh, gotten the results that they want, but I will say that there's always shift. Mm -hmm. So yeah. 
One of the challenges with natural medicine is that we are asking the body to change and the body is nature and nothing in nature that is done right moves fast. Yeah. You know, if you look at like weather, anytime there's something like traumatic, you know, like storms, it's like, it's when nature's moving too quickly mm -hmm. because nature's not designed to do that. But we also now we're trying to implement this medicine in a world that only wants to move fast. Mm -hmm. So I think impatience um, definitely gets in the way sometimes. And we have to realize, oh, we have to let the body actually change if we want to heal. And if that's not for you, then no problem. Yeah. Like this isn't, th there's no one medicine that works for everybody. Mm -hmm. And touching on like all the different layers mm -hmm. and the fact that you are the, a doctor that tries to get to the root cause of the issue, does, um, a lot of times that must make you like, the therapist, the emotional support yeah. person, the nutritionist. And Absolutely. I'm just curious how that is for you. Does it get yeah. draining and how that is for your patients? Like, do they like it? And um, is that the way that you go about treating? Someone? Yeah, yeah, I do. And that's my style because I innately, the more I practice, feel like at the core, it's really energetic and emotional. And I always tell patients that we're all like an onion. And when you're starting the healing process that you do have to peel away mm -hmm. layers of onion. You can't just like take a knife and go straight to the middle. Yeah. It just doesn't work that way. Um, so it's a dance. You have to work on alleviating symptoms, but always with the understanding that we're getting to the core. And I do think that it's always emotional, um, heart-centered, uh, past trauma, all of that. And so we have to talk about it. So you asked, um, do patients like it? Sometimes they don't because they want, you know, I had a, a new patient yesterday, for instance, and he's coming in for this weird foot nerve pain thing that's happening. And he literally thought I would just stick a few needles in him, give him a couple herbs and see you, you know, in a couple weeks or whatever. Yeah. And we talked about his stress level, his sense of joy, um, you know, turns out he, I think he's pretty depleted and he had not even thought about that. So I do ask patients to delve deeper than they probably thought they were going to go. Some come like completely ready. So I think others, um, may be a little bit apprehensive because it's work, yeah. you know? Um, so some, some like it, some don't, um, but they understand. And that's part of my job as their guide that this is what this means and this is what healing is and understanding that it's not just about taking a pill natural or otherwise. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and it is something that I have to be careful of. Um, I'm definitely an empath and not in the way that like, Oh, I'm such an empath. I'm so sensitive, but really in almost a negative way that if I don't really work at it and when I'm kind of lazy about it, it all gets in and I am just drained. Especially being a Pisces, I'm yes. sure. Yeah. I'm an emotional, just walking ball of emotions. Yeah, I'm an empath too, so I totally yeah, get it. Yeah, yeah. So it's, we, it's really important for us to do whatever we can to ground ourselves, to protect ourselves, to protect other people from our, our energy mm -hmm. even. Um, because we're just sort of these like big open, you know, um, just energy moving in and out. So yeah. I have to really be mindful of that. I do get drained. Um, and so that's something that I have to really watch out for. What about like touching on mental health mm -hmm. and something I think about all the time is how 
me personally, I do kundalini yoga. I uh-huh. meditate. I I have all these practices and rituals that I That's do, so or great. like take baths and whatnot. And yeah. I still find that, like, and I do what I love at uh-huh. also for work. Uh-huh. And I find at the same time that I can have so many moments when I just like lose my shit. Yeah. And I think a lot about what's going on in the world uh-huh. right now. Uh-huh. And just, I like my, I just feel so bad for people who haven't even thought about like getting more in touch with themselves and how just talking about meditation can just seem like, so stupid to some people or like what is that Mm -hmm. or overwhelming or whatever the case and I think about how is everyone because most people aren't doing this Mm -hmm. so then most people I don't know how they deal with their stuff and Mm -hmm. like what you can recommend to someone who hasn't even thought about I guess like taking a moment to breathe or someone who's you know, or, like there's, there's so many people, people who in don't the have world. access. Yeah. Like really that's what it comes down to. Yeah. You know, I think like we're just overrun by so mm-hmm. many things to do or to do list. Like someone who has a job that they hate and they work mm-hmm. nine to five and they have a family Yeah, and maybe they have a parent who's sick that they take care of. Mm-hmm. And then there's like no time for themselves. Mm-hmm. And the last thing is maybe trying something new. Yeah. And then something bad happens and they like take it out on maybe the rest yeah, of the world. You yeah. Know, that's like Abs- kind of the cycle that we're Absolutely. seeing. Absolutely. Because the more I do this medicine and the more I look at the world, um, you know, people are in pain. Yeah. Like, and people, everyone from, you know, the homeless guy on the street in my neighborhood to, you know, someone who's living in some beautiful house, like, there's these deep inner wounds that we're all trying to heal. And we were talking about this earlier, but trauma in the body doesn't mean that you were beaten in the closet as a kid. That could have been your childhood and that's horrible, but you could have, you know, been picked up late from school or been fed American cheese or not breastfed or, but the body doesn't know that the body is neutral. It just reads energy. Yeah. So it doesn't know the difference between those two. Um, so for the people that you talked about, I, I do more and more feel that people are in pain. People, um, are seeking to really be seen. Um, and a lot of people are giving too much or taking too many withdrawals and not enough deposits. I think the number one thing is consistency. So even if that means you're that person who has to take care of your sick parent and you're a single mom and you're running yourself ragged. One minute, one minute. I remember um, when the Oprah Winfrey show was still on, Mm -hmm. Eckhart Tolle was on and he talked about doing one minute of silence only, like especially if you're new to meditation, just one minute every day and each month increasing that by one minute. And you know how he is, he's just like a magical creature. He was like- And at the end of the year, you will be able to do 12 minutes of silent meditation. And I just thought, I love this man, you know, but anybody can do one minute, you know? So I think that it's about self-care and it doesn't have to mean that you take a spa day every weekend. You take an hour long yoga class every day, whatever you can do. And if you can only do one minute, but do it consistently, 
with anything. There's something called the Kaizen method. And I think um, it's Japanese um, and it's incorporated as Japanese corporate culture as well. But it is something that has um, now is totally pervasive. But it's all about the tiniest of changes done consistently to actually change your neurology. Wow. So they found a study that if a cardiologist told a heart patient, okay, I need you to exercise more, like no one was exercising. <laughs> but if they said, okay, I need you to walk for five minutes every day, people would do it. Yeah. And then they would build on it. So it's the same thing with self-care. We feel like it's this overwhelming thing. I don't have time to go get a massage. I don't have time to go meditate. Um, but little things like what brings you joy? Mm -hmm. And that's actually a big question that I've been asking myself. I'm actually good at figuring out self-care, but you know, I look at little kids and how joyful they are. And now that I'm adulting and have responsibilities, yeah. I think what brings me that kind of joy and trying to explore more of that. And that evolves as we get older and our lives change. But so I think it's really important for people to explore what brings me joy. And it doesn't have to be time consuming or expensive. Yeah. You just you know? have to take a second to yeah. pay attention to yourself. And but yeah. And it's really about putting yourself first for a moment. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's so nice. <laughs> Do you have people that come to you that have just started and, um, and have no idea like what that even means? Oh, absolutely. In terms of their healing journey. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah I have people come who just want to feel better and yeah. they don't, they don't know where to start. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, it's the full spectrum. When I was in med school, we had a, um, as an intern, we had a patient who the only water that touched her mouth was when she brushed her teeth. Oh she only drank gosh. Coke all day. I can't remember if it was diet Coke or regular Coke. Not that it matters, but, um, but Brushing her teeth was the only time water even touched her mouth. Wow. So for she us. She just didn't like the taste. She or? didn't like the taste. And, you know, if you are dehydrated, your brain eventually just gives up. It says, yeah. like, I've been asking for water and you're not giving it to me, so I'm going to stop asking. And nature is that way. Our bodies are that way. Very adaptable. Um, so for us, you know, getting her to drink one glass of water a day was amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, she's not someone... We're not going to, in the second visit, be like, okay, now you're gluten-free and soy-free and yeah, dairy-free. No. Drink eight glasses of water a day. We want you to meditate for 30 minutes. Like, that ain't going to happen. Yeah. You know, one glass of water was a victory. And then you, and that's the Kaizen method, right? Little bits and you build Once, on yeah. it. So I have patients who come who are, you know, they've done all the homework and they're ready to go. And they just need that little bit of guidance. Mm -hmm. And then I have patients like that woman where let's just get in a glass of water. Yeah. You know, That's let's nice. just do one minute of breathing. Especially in today's world when mm -hmm. we're just, we're so ADD. Yeah. Like doing one thing consistently yeah. is rare unless it's like scrolling through your Instagram <laughs> feed. So that's really nice. Yeah. To just think about one minute. Yeah, very small. Yeah. Whatever's doable, but whatever's doable consistently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so what's ice rolling? Because oh. I saw it on your Instagram, speaking of Instagram. So I'm not like a dermatologist. Obviously, I treat patients for acne and rosacea and eczema and psoriasis, you know, things that are caused by like deeper mm -hmm. um, inner uh, imbalances, but I just personally love skincare and beauty. And I 
to be completely honest, you know, switching all my beauty products to green has been the slowest mm -hmm. just because there's so much out there and I love it and I've loved it my whole life. My first job was at um, the mall working yeah. at Origins, actually. <laughs> um, so that's just something that I'm interested in. But uh, I've heard from like a lot of older women for many, many years that they would do like rub ice on their face at night. Wow. Um, and your face would get all red, but in the morning, like your face would just be so alive. And some people would do it in the morning. And you've heard all sorts of um, stories of like old movie stars who would do ice baths for their yeah. face. And, you know, there's always been stories about that. And do they do it until it melts? Yeah. And I've tried it. And when you just take an ice cube, just the heat of your body, it just starts to melt and it's very drippy and messy. And, um, but whenever I would do it, I definitely would notice a difference. Um, and in naturopathic medicine, there's hydrotherapy, which is a form of nature cure using hot and cold water mm -hmm. for different kinds of uh, therapeutic treatments. So this whole idea of temperature, you know, makes complete sense. Hot opens up your blood vessels, cold constricts them. Um, so it helps with circulation. Helps with circulation. Yeah. Now in Chinese medicine, just doing cold is not so good because cold stagnates everything. So it's really kind of that blood well, pumping yeah. that you want. But um, anytime we apply the cold to our face, it tightens your pores, it lowers inflammation. Um, so I was doing that ice thing for a while. I would do it sporadically. And then I just came across the actual ice roller. And whenever I would get facials too, at the very end, they have these roller balls that they would keep in the fridge oh. and do. And I thought, oh, that feels so good. And it kind of like gets all the serums and everything like kind of sealed in there. Um, so I then I started that. doing that and I'm like, oh my God, there's no, you just stick it in the freezer. What is it? Just so a it's like a handle, roller? like it's a, a jade roller kind of, but bigger. And then the ball is like a, um, cylinder. It's a metal cylinder and there's a, um, gel. I think some of them have like a gel in there and some of them are just metal. So it retains the cold better. And then you put that part in the freezer and then you just hook it on and you can just roll away. It looked um, like an amazing device. And I was like, <laughs> I need to ask her about so that. So I just started doing it in the morning and I love it. I have a tendency to get a little puffy. So it feels good. I totally do too. Yeah. I don't know why. I'm always um, like, I'm inflamed. I'm inflamed. It might be our adrenals. Yeah. I know I definitely have adrenal work that I'm still doing. Mm -hmm. um, hormonal, for sure. That Anything that has to do with like a little bit of water retention or nutrition, you know. Yeah. Um, anytime we eat foods that we don't like, our body holds on to water to kind of dilute that toxicity. Yeah. So it says, I'd rather be puffy and have water than have these toxins like floating around. Mm -hmm. So. So I want to talk to you a little bit about digestion. Okay. And, um a couple of us girls were talking about this too. Mm -hmm. Just when I first got really into nutrition and so I was vegetarian, I became vegan and raw uh -huh. and that, that didn't work with my constitution at uh -huh. all. But, um, I really did get into food combinings. Kimberly uh -huh. Snyder talks a little bit about that. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know her, mm -hmm. but, um, I became obsessed with it uh -huh. and I was super rigid and it just wasn't good for me because yeah. I, again, like going back to what brings you joy, like mm -hmm. it's good to just mellow out a little bit mm -hmm. and like eat, you know, I'm not going to freak out. I ate some fruit when I had right. some nuts and fruit yeah. nuts in my salad or yeah. something. But overall, mm -hmm. do you ever like, do you recommend that food combining? And um, 
I do think, and I hate that it's like the answer for everything, but it is so individual because some people just ferment food in a different way. Some people have different, in their stomachs, people have different transit times. Um, So some people can just tolerate more than other people. Um, I really do think it has to do with, uh, I understand the science behind it, like the way that food breaks down and, um, you know, it makes sense in terms of timing. So I do think that some of it is very helpful and some of it, if your body's able to handle it, then, um, and you're eating whole foods and you're not eating processed foods, um, I think you got to do what works for you. Yeah. I'm not opposed to food combining and I'm not like everyone must do it um, because it is so individual. Fruit is tricky because I really do try to, my biggest thing for my own personal hormonal picture, I really do try to stay away from sugar, mm-hmm. um, including too much fruit. Yeah. And so that hasn't been too much of an issue for me because I feel like with food combining, particularly the fruit is the piece that you have to be mindful yeah. of. Um because it digests so quickly. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But I also have issues with, for certain people, depending on your cortisol, your insulin, your blood sugar, fruit on an empty stomach or, you know, fruit after you've only, you know, a little bit of a 30-minute span um, is t- could be too much of a spike, depending yeah. on the type of fruit, wow. you know. So that's where it, you kind of have to learn to listen to your body. And that's the most important thing, right? Empowering ourselves to really mm-hmm. not relying on a naturopathic doctor. Yes, if you have massive migraines or hypothyroidism or, you know, fibromyalgia, of course, like getting guidance, but on a day-to-day level, like really listen, being able to listen. Yeah. So yeah, I think if it works for you and two things, you know, the rigid thing, I get it because that can start to create more stress Mm -hmm. in the body. And there's like a Chinese medicine saying about, I'm totally going to butcher it, but something about, um, it's healthier to eat like chocolate cake with joy than Mm -hmm. it is to eat vegetables just with sadness and um I love that but I also just told a patient this morning you know I get this whole thing about giving yourself a pass and you have we have to have more self-love and self-nourishment and less guilt about things especially as women but you can't give yourself a pass every Every time (laughs) yeah you know people love to say oh everything in moderation well not if you're saying that at every meal yeah you know and moderation is different for everyone Mm -hmm. and actually we were talking about this yesterday like until you've gone deep and you understand what it's like yeah um and you've really like committed to something like talking about consistency yeah and I think that's when you really understand totally I'm gonna give myself a pass or completely yeah yeah so what are some other things that you're super into right now? Like ice rolling or whatever. <laughs> I mean, on a personal level, I just always love any kind of skincare beauty. So I'm always looking, trying, but I also have really sensitive skin. So I have to be careful because sometimes yeah. trying new things too often I can um, break out. But um, I mean, just my own, I think be- we're all, we only really know ourselves the best, yeah. you know, ultimately. And for me, it's about finding joy and understanding more and more that even a lot of my own physical, um, imbalances that have to do with my hormones or mood or, you know, um, around my cycles, all of this is, has a physical manifestation, but that it really does come from a deeper place. And I know personally that I have some inner child work that I need to pursue more and delve into more. Um, and really that joy piece, you Mm -hmm. know, like I said, self-care and nourishment and rest, deep rest are different from joy. 
And I look at, sometimes I'll be out at the movies with my friends and I'll see these like teenagers and they're literally doing nothing. They are having the best time. I actually put a post yeah. about this on Instagram. Aww. They are just, they're doing nothing. Yeah. And I think I'm at the movies. Like I have the freedom to stay out till three in the morning, like all these kids. But what is it that they are finding so much joy in? And I want to be able to have that in my life as well, even though the picture they yeah. look different. Yeah. You know? No, I totally, I feel like I'm on the same boat. Someone recently was like, your inner child is telling you to ride horses and dance more. And I was like, I hate horses. <laughs> I actually don't hate horses, but I'm terrified of it for oh some reason. Uh -huh. And they're like, that's your inner child. That's your control issues coming out. Oh, funny. That probably. Yeah. I don't know. I, it's probably but the dance is. more. I've been told that as well. I love dancing though. Oh, yeah. so I that's think, good. Yeah. We yeah. should dance together. <laughs> we should. Um, jumping on a trampoline is fun too. Yes. Good reminder. Yeah. Yeah. Good reminder. I do love, I'm not very athletic. Mm -hmm. So trampoline is perfect because it's yeah. just like the like mini trampoline. Have you seen the yes, yes, yes. Those are really fun. And I like That's a good it reminder. It's not like a metal string. It's, I don't know what it is, yeah. but, um, spring. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's less, um, there's something different about the, uh, like bounce. the resistance yeah, and the bounce yeah, the of it. Resistance. Yeah. yeah, those are really fun. But oh, I totally reminder. agree about just inner child work. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Like the most simple thing makes them laugh so hard. I know. And it's, I think that's why it's nice to be around children and also, mm -hmm. again, just like around um, old people for wisdom and totally yeah, taking in all their knowledge. It's true. Yeah. We, especially in our world, you know, in American culture, we really discarded our older generation. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's not like that in a lot of other cultures, in a lot of other countries. Yeah. And they have so much to give us. And speaking this morning, I had that, had a patient this morning and, um, she's working through some anger issues and she was talking about seeing her older sister and just how much physically she's aged because of her anger. And she's like, I realize like, I don't want to be like that. And I said, so that your patient has aged from her anger or her, her older? sister, wow. she saw her sister and she wow. thought this could be my future if I don't work through my stuff. Yeah. And we were talking about how, if we can learn lessons without having to go through the pain of it, like that's really the best, like exactly. most evolved way. Yeah. Right. Um, and I feel like if we had more community with our elderly and sort of the sage wisdom that they have, like we actually could learn more without having to go through the pain of it ourselves. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately we sort of, um, discard them sometimes. I know. Yeah. Um, speaking of anger, yeah. what are ways <laughs> to let go of anger? that you um, found like acupuncture does that help definitely acupuncture because the liver is tied to anger so in addition I've also heard the back is that true or yes because dr sarno's work have you ever read his no. book so he his first book i forget the exact title has to do it might just be called like back pain or something very simple like that. And then I'm actually rereading the second book or one of his later books called The Divided Mind. Oh, wow. And it's all about how psychosomatic um, disorders truly come from this like deep emotional place. And psychosomatic has this negative connotation like, oh, we're just imagining these things and we feel it in our body. Yeah. But it's truly this understanding that 
no, these physical diseases and illnesses and pain come from this deep place. So his whole thing is, um, the crux of it is that a lot of adrenal stuff and a lot of back stuff come from suppressed rage, not even Whoa. anger, but suppressed rage. And I've been rereading his book because I'm like, do I have suppressed rage? I'm like, I have some serious road rage sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, where is this coming from? That's amazing. You know? Me too, for sure. Especially yeah. being in LA. I, know. I think it's hard not to have I know. Road rage. So I am rereading that book. Um, but yeah, definitely acupuncture because that just helps to move the energy. So it's all pieces of the puzzle, right? So we have to do some of our work. The acupuncture is another tool that helps to get energy moving. Um, and really, you know, whether it's NLP or any kind of neuroplasticity work or hypnosis or therapy or meditation or kundalini, you know, all of yeah. that getting into that cellular energy along with herbs and, you know, on a working on a physical level. So all working through all of it and putting all the pieces together, um, you know, can definitely help with the anger and yeah. getting to where does this come? Where is this coming from? Mm -hmm. You know, is there, do you work or have you ever worked with people who are suicidal or are having a lot of mental health issues? Um, some mental health, um, some personality disorder, bipolar, um, obviously anxiety and depression. Um, but luckily I've not had anybody who was to that point of being suicidal. Yeah. Um, and, and that just hasn't been my patient population. With that, I mean, I think, you know, I, we talk about this sometimes that sometimes people really do need, um, Western medicine. Absolutely. And like working together but then also i i find that i think it's just given too easily and mm -hmm. addressing the other components mm -hmm. so important like diet and right meditation things like that to yeah. work with the brain but i just i'm interested in how you go about treating mm -hmm. um and helping those patients well sometimes we incorporate functional medicine mm -hmm. so that's yeah. a category of medicine that is not like Super woo-woo, yeah. and it's not conventional allopathic medicine, but it also includes a lot of testing that measures how your body's literally functioning. So it's this whole um, integrative medicine area. And, you know, I often tell patients when they come to see me, especially people who don't know much about naturopathic medicine, like conventional medicine says, okay, you're either in perfect health or, oh, look here, we found a tumor or we found a broken bone or we found, you know, elevated liver enzymes. Like you have a disease, but most of us, including myself middle, and yeah. probably you are in this gray zone where things are not functioning well. Um, and that's why a naturopathic doctor will even look at your blood work differently. A medical, your internist to no fault of their own. They have no time. This is what their training is. This is how their model has been taught to them. They just run down the list what's high, what's low, anything else that's not out of range, you're good to go. Mm -hmm. Whereas for a naturopathic doctor, cholesterol may be sky high, but you read everything and say, oh, that doesn't matter. Cholesterol doesn't mean anything. Oh, but your triglycerides are high. Oh, your thyroid level says it's normal, but look how close it is to the high end. We got to look mm -hmm. at that. So functional, some of the mental health stuff, um, I probably would do some neurotransmitter testing you know, just to get some values of what are your serotonin levels? What are your glutamate levels? Um, what are the excitatory, anxious causing neurotransmitters? What are the ones that are, you know, calming? What is out of balance? So sometimes there is science that we need to look at. Um, and in addition to that, really 
like I said before, there is no one medicine that fits everybody. So sometimes it has to be adjunctive. And I've, you know, brought people way down on their antidepressants, but maybe they stay on just yeah. the very lowest dose mm-hmm. or, um, you know, yeah. So it's, it's really a like, okay, we got to tailor it to you. And some people, this, they can totally heal on naturopathic medicine, but I also recognize sometimes you need it all. Yeah. You know, you need both. So you've seen both. Yeah. Definitely. That's I haven't crazy. seen like schizophrenic patients or suicidal yeah. patients, um, but definitely mental health is. And I think that it's coming up a lot more um, a lot. due to our current state. I know. Yeah. It's kind of scary. I know. So I guess that takes me to the question, like what you touched on it a little, like you felt like you really want to be of service and mm-hmm. that's why you do what you do. But I'm just curious, what's your message and what is your hope for your practice? And, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Um, that's a good question. <laughs> I know it's kind of, <laughs> that's big. an, that's a good question and it's an important question. And I'm like, thank you for kind of even bringing that up to the yeah. surface. Cause I sometimes get, you know, just, I'm in my day to day. Yeah. And I don't, um, ironically may not be thinking of that. And, I say ironically because I think more and more I just am realizing I want people to go deeper. Um, I want to go deeper. I want patients to go deeper with themselves. I want them to value themselves enough to put that time and energy um, into looking um, and really uncovering and breaking open. I do think that it's hard. Um, I definitely wouldn't sugarcoat it. It's easier for other people than others. Um, you know, way a few questions back, we were talking about like some people don't have access to meditation and, you know, of course, and some of that we have to also recognize like there's karma, there's your own journey. There's so many things that we don't see, um, tangibly that affects that person. Um, but with that said, if people can break open a little bit more and really go inside to heal themselves um, you know, yes, let's look, work on blood sugar. Let's work on your cortisol levels. That's all like super important too, but really going into self-care, self-love, self-worth. I think that is a huge issue for so many people today. Mm -hmm. And so much of it is cloaked and hidden because we have to put out this image to the world. And there's a lack of vulnerability and a lack of, um, really feeling our pain. But I think that when we do that, that's the only way we're going to be like truly healed. Um, and it may take lifetimes if you believe in that kind of thing, yeah. you know, it doesn't mean that it's going to happen tomorrow. Or it also doesn't mean like, Hey, take a deep breath and all your problems are going to be solved. Yeah. Like that's not what that means either. So I think that's where my practice and my life and my passion are heading for everyone, including myself. That's so beautiful. <laughs> I'm so excited. I just, like, you've already touched me and my life oh. in many ways just from this conversation and Thank you. Um, from reading your stuff online. And I just oh. really appreciate Thank you. you coming here. And I love Connection, you. really? Yeah. Like, that's huge. That's really what it is. Yeah. Like, and feeling understood. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, people just want to be known, mm-hmm. to be seen. Yeah. You know, all of us. And I think we're all... At, I mean, we're all the same mm-hmm. deep down. I know. You know? And I say that all the time. And I think I forget that when 
I get caught up in mm-hmm. situations, whether it's with my family or whatever. Yeah. But um, I really believe that. And yeah. that's my hope with the fullest is just having everyone really realize that mm-hmm. we're all here for we're all having like we have the best intentions and mm-hmm. sometimes it gets portrayed differently. But I think deep down we really all want the same things yeah. and it's hard to set our own judgments and our own projections aside, but it's true. that's the work. Yeah. We project exactly. on everyone else what exactly. we're feeling. But yeah. It's yeah. true. It's I all know. about love. It is. It sounds <laughs> so like woo-woo, so yeah. cheesy and woo and easy and it's not, but it is, you know, um, not to belabor the topic, but I was watching, oh my God, I'm like mortified. I can't even believe what? I'm admitting this, but I was telling a friend that I was watching an episode of Big Brother, this like, no offense, CBS, but God awful reality show. I have, oh yeah, and- actually I totally have because um, Heidi Montag was in it, she said. And, oh really? Yeah, and she's in our magazine. Um, so I, oh, they have a celebrity version because they have like a that UK version sense. and they have- Is a, it in the UK or is it here? It's here. Oh, okay. Um, but I think there's different franchises. Mm-hmm. So I actually, this is a whole other story, but I have a friend living with me and she's- a psychic, psychic intuitive. I thought you were going to say she's psycho. <laughs> I'm like, let's just announce to the yeah. world. I have a I psycho a- roommate. <laughs> no, she's a psychic intuitive. <laughs> and she's all about no judgment. But she one day out of the blue was like, I just really think there's other like mindless shows you can be watching to decompress. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just don't even think the show is entertaining. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you watch it. And I'm like, just let it be. Okay. Yeah. I'm a loyal TV watcher, if I start watching a certain show, I will watch it till it is over. I watched Alias till it was over. I watched, you know, whatever. What's it called? Uh, Ken guy or the consistency? Oh, the, the guys in front of the kids. I am very consistent with my bad TV. Yeah. I'm, I'm just very loyal. But I was talking to a friend who does watch the show, like very regular. And I said, it, this all goes back to the connectedness. I'm like, it's a dumb show. But sometimes, you know, they're all like locked in this house. Mm-hmm. And sometimes like in the private interview rooms, they'll be crying about the dumbest things <laughs> and on the surface you're like oh my god this is the lamest show why are they crying about this because so and so like didn't talk to them or took them out of their alliance or whatever <laughs> and I was watching it and I thought my heart just broke because I thought this is because at our very essence we want to be connected and when that is stripped away because you're already locked in this house, when you feel deeply alone, it is the greatest pain. And yeah. that's what that show is illustrating because somebody did something dumb on this, like, whatever. Yeah. But at the core, I was like, and like, I kind of got choked up because I thought that's all of us, yeah. you know, this dumb reality show. But I thought no, it's that's so true. all of us. We like to feel alone is the biggest pain. And we just want connection. We just want to be seen and understood. Mm-hmm. So that is my hope for my practice, yeah. my life, for all of us, for the fullest, you know, that yeah. connectedness. I love that. So. Oh, I love that you watch that. It's balance. And that's like, such oh a great takeaway. I'm mortified. It's a good takeaway, though. <laughs> Ending on a, on a good note. <laughs> Well, thank you so thank much. You. It was super fun. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed your matcha. Oh, my God. It was delicious. <laughs> delicious. Full of antioxidants. <laughs>